T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. And Franchi swings and misses. Got him on a slider. Ball game over. Tampa Bay wins it 7-1. to one. They take the series two games to one. They lead the season series four to two, and they are tied with the Red Sox for the first wild card position. All right, welcome in. We are with you all the way up until midnight, so a lot on the table tonight. If you want to weigh in on Bayo's outing, which, of course, was not great, had issues throwing strikes. I'll get into that in greater detail as the night goes on. I'm not, like, overly disappointed about a guy making his debut, and he didn't have his command. He clearly wasn't sharp. We just saw this a couple of, like, what, six, seven weeks ago with Josh Winkowski, so I'm not overly concerned about that. I was impressed with one thing. I'll get into that in greater detail as the night goes on, but that's on the table. If you had an opportunity, like I had the two screens going tonight, so I watched Chris Sale. He walked five guys tonight, sort of an up-and-down outing for Sale. The command with his fastball was very spotty, but his slider was really good tonight. So if you want to weigh in on Sale, because it appears he's going to be making his first start of the season at Tropicana Field next week. What are your expectations for him going forward? But overall, what's wrong with this team right now? 617-779. 7937 is the number. So what's annoying to me about what transpired over the past couple of days is it felt like, all right, you put yourself in a really good position to win this series. Fourth of July, you're in a situation where you're using a bullpen game because of the fact you're dealing with these injuries of the rotation, right? We found out on Sunday night after the ugly win at Wrigley Field against the Cubs that, all right, Michael Walker is dealing with a tired arm. That means it's going to be a bullpen game. Big fudge goes out there, Austin Davis. He throws the ball really well. And Cutter Crawford was phenomenal in that game. And it felt like, okay, that's something you can build on because Crawford actually was throwing his cha- uh, his curveball rather way more than he was originally. He's throwing it like 24% compared to 12%. Prior to that outing, you felt like, all right, this is something to build upon in terms of maybe he found something. And then it's set up for your best pitcher, Nick Pavetta, to be on the mound last night. And then, of course, tonight you had Brian Bayo making his debut. And this is a team in the Tampa Bay Rays that is 25th in Major League Baseball in terms of batting average against right-handed pitchers. And across the board, they're 25th or worse in most statistical categories in terms of facing right-handed pitchers. So it felt like you set yourself up to win this series, and then what happens last night? 
you're in a situation where in that game, in the fifth inning, second and third and no outs, and you cannot generate a run. It's now a real issue for this team that they have really struggled to hit with runners in scoring position. Now, one for eight tonight, but all in all, this has been an issue going back to the series against Toronto. And even more so in terms of just the issues since going back to that Toronto series, it's the fact that this offense that has been so good really since the start of May, it has not been the same group lately. If you look at it coming into tonight since the start of that Blue Jays series, the Red Sox are slugging a ridiculous, I shouldn't say this in a positive way, I mean this in a very negative way in terms of what they're actually slugging. If you look at what they're slugging since the start of that Blue Jays series, they are 21st in baseball at 384. This is the Boston Red Sox. If you look at them previous to that stretch, even if you account for April where the Red Sox were not good, April until the start of the Blue Jays series, they were slugging 419. And right now, since the start of that Blue Jays series, they are slugging 384. That's the biggest problem with this team right now. They're not hitting for power, and they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. So as much as we can get into Bayo's start, and I want to do that in greater detail because I enjoyed watching him pitch tonight. The biggest storyline with this team right now, there's two of them. It's the fact that the offense has just completely disappeared, and Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, and I get Bogarts hit the home run last night, but they're not hitting for power whatsoever. I mean, that's a real big thing with this team right now. Those two guys who are hitting third and fourth in your lineup, they're hitting for no power whatsoever. And then you make matters worse today when Rafael Devers, and unfortunately this is not something we can do about this, but Devers is dealing with an injury. So think about it right now. There's no landmine in the offense. There's nobody you're scared of in this lineup. The only other guy with double-digit home runs on this team other than Rafael Devers is Trevor Story, and he strikes out almost as much as anybody in Major League Baseball. In fact, there's only five guys that are qualified hitters that strike out more often than Trevor Story. So you're not scared. You've got Corey Kluber on the mound. He's not worried about anybody. You don't have that landmine in the lineup that is Rafael Devers that you have to pitch around and make sure you don't give him anything to hit because he's going to hit the crap out of the ball. There's nobody right now in this lineup with Devers out that you feared. Now, I get it. Give him a day off. Hopefully he's healthy. He was off yesterday as well. It's concerning that he's dealing with a hamstring-type back thing. I know Cora joked about it today that, hey, he shouldn't be stealing bases anymore or something along those lines. He mentioned that earlier today. But my bigger concern right now is when are the guys in the middle of this lineup going to start to hit? Because we can get to the bullpen because that was a complete disaster again. But you look at this team in general. The Red Sox are 20th in home runs. They've hit 77, okay, the entire season. And Rafael Devers has 17 of those. At 22.1% of your home runs come from one guy in Rafael Devers. You got a bunch of guys on the Yankees that have more than 15 home runs. You're talking about Gallo. You're talking about Stanton. You're talking about Judge. The Red Sox have one guy with north of 15 home runs. And the fact that you're not getting that production whatsoever from the middle of the lineup, it's a massive issue for this team right now. There's no way around it. As great as J.D. and Bogarts have been for the majority of the season from an average perspective, you need those guys to hit for power. Since June 4th, you look at the numbers in terms of Xander Bogarts, not good. You look at the numbers from J.D. Martinez, not good. Bogarts, since June 4th. 
53.2% ground ball rate, 13th highest in baseball. This is coming, and I get it. He's never going to be a guy that elevates the ball a ton, but you look at it in terms of his line drive rate, way down, 19.5%, 97th out of 175 hitters. Prior to that, he was at 25%, which was 23rd of 162 qualifiers. Here's the big thing, the slugging percentage. Since June 4th, 411, if you look at April through June 3rd, 492. It's a totally different hitter. And the JD thing's a problem. So if you just take those guys together and you look at the three and the four hitters in the Red Sox lineup, since the start of June, okay, the Red Sox three and four hitters have hit six home runs. Only the Detroit Tigers have fewer. Think about that. We're talking about Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, the majority of these games. Six home runs between the three and the four spot. Only the Tigers have fewer. Okay, they're slugging 432. That's 18th. 786 OPS. That's 15th. 28 RBIs, 26. And look, J.D. had another hit tonight. Great. He had some hits last night. But here are his numbers since the start of June. He's slugging 397. That's 115th out of 173 qualifiers. 712 OPS, that's 112. 241 batting average, that's 111th. Think of this is JD Martinez. He's supposed to be a slugger, and these are the numbers he's giving you. April and May, 563 slugging compared to 397 since the start of June. That was 10th in baseball. 988 OPS, that was 7th in baseball compared to the 712 since the start of June. 363 average, which led all of Major League Baseball since the start of June. He's at 241, that's 111th. So we can talk about all this different stuff. Like, Salamore sucked. That was completely unprofessional. You cannot go out there and walk four guys. It's inexcusable. And it felt like he was starting to turn a little bit of a corner with Salamore. And then he gives you that tonight. He walks four consecutive guys. He got the first two outs of the inning. It's unbelievable that he did that. Unbelievable. Four consecutive guys he walked. Unbelievable. And then you look at Deekman, you feel like, all right, maybe Deekman gives you a clean inning tonight because he got the first two outs. No. Got to go back to what he does. Walk the ballpark. That guy's walk rate is now over 18%. There's only one qualified reliever that has a higher walk rate than Jake Deekman. One in the entire sport. And that's the guy that Bloom invested in. So we can get into all the issues and sort through the rubble after this one tonight. As now the Sox are 9-18 and in the division. A series they should have won. It's set up for them to win after they won the bullpen game. On Monday, and they lose these. T- today, they weren't even competitive. And look, Bayo was not good. We can get into- I'm not concerned about Bayo. So this isn't an indictment on the kid. He just, he didn't give you what you needed to win a game. But the offense certainly didn't help him either. All right, here's what Alex Cora had to say on the Red Sox postgame show presented by Nissan. There's no escaping summer savings at the Nissan summer event. Shop NissanUSA.com. It is what it is. It's his first big league start. He showed good stuff. You know, he walked a few people. Uh, there was a ground ball that went through by um, by Choi with two with two outs, and then Arizona got to a fastball up in the zone. But uh, you know, overall, you know, happy that he's here. He saw, uh, you know, you can see it. You know, the stuff. Obviously, you know, he needs to keep getting better, keep working a few things. But um, you know, like I said yesterday, either seven innings, no runs; three innings, seven runs. We still love the kid. We like the kid, and we know what he means uh, to this organization. The Rays and the Orioles. Play better baseball, you know. We're, we are where we at, you know. Uh, we, we won 45 games in the first half, 
And, uh, you know, we know where we're at in the standings and the things that we have to do. But uh, obviously disappointed that, you know, this is the way we've been playing in the division, but we know we can hang with them, we can play better baseball, and we're going to start winning games. I don't believe so. I think, you know, um, you know, Yandy, he got a slider in the, in, the, in the middle of the zone, hit it off the wall. Then uh, Franco hit a ground ball th- through the middle. Then, uh, you know, the, the ground ball by Choi, it was two outs, you know. So I, I don't think he was overthrown. I think he, he was actually under control. He showed the change of the sinker, tried to go up a few times. He didn't get it there. But uh, as far as, like, his demeanor and trying to do too much, he didn't feel that way. What did you he was good moving the ball around. I mean, we had some some balls hard too, right at people, you know. But uh, he had a good cutter, good breaking ball, and uh, kept us up balanced for six. Yeah, I mean, like I grab him and say, "Hey, man, you know, you're a big leaguer, just like I tell everybody, you know, and uh, how important they are to us." You know, he gave me a big smile, and uh, you know. He actually thought he was going out in the fifth, but I, I thought it was enough. You know, 80-something pitches and first big league start. Uh, it's a lot of hard work. So, um, you know, we'll see what we do next. Um, but, um, you know, just happy that he was able to, to get out there and, uh, you know, enjoyed, enjoyed this. Obviously, he's disappointed with the results, but at the end of the day, you know, like, he's a big leaguer, and we're proud of him. Do you think he was able to kind of I believe so, yeah. He's in the dugout, and he was right next to Rafi, so... Obviously, veteran leadership over there, uh, making him feel good. But, uh, you know, you see it. You know, you see the stuff and you see the sinker and you see the velocity and uh, the poise. So uh, it just happened, you know, with two outs, they score all those runs. But, uh, you know, um, whenever he gets a chance again, he's going to be better. All right, that was the manager, Alex Cora, after the game. If you want to react to anything he said, you certainly can. 617-779-7937, the number. I'm not going to overreact to the game that he had tonight. I mean, you think about Josh Winkowski, right? So Josh Winkowski's first start of the season, when he comes up knowing he's going down the next day, he gave up four earned in that game. He walked three, and he only got four ground balls, which that's what Josh Winkowski does. He gets ground balls. Next four starts when he's up with the big club, 11 ground balls, 11 ground balls, 11 ground balls, 11 ground balls. So he got a ton of ground balls after he sort of got used to being a big leaguer. He walked three in his first game. After that, one walk, one walk, one walk, one walk. So he settled into it after he got into more of a routine. So the one thing I'll say about Bayo from a positive perspective, and then we can try to get into some of the issues he had tonight, is one of the pitches, obviously his featured pitch is that sinker. That thing at times had 32 inches of vertical drop, 30 inches of vertical drop. You say, why the hell are you telling me this? Because if you look at it across the sport in terms of a sinker, the only guy over 30 inches of vertical break on average on his sinker is Logan Webb, who, of course, is an absolute stud for the Giants. Nobody else is over 30 inches, and he was getting over, not that he averaged 30, but he was over 30 a lot, 28, 29. So that's a really nasty pitch. The one issue for him tonight was the control. He just did not have command whatsoever. Now, maybe part of that is nerves. Maybe part of that is jitters. Cora said he didn't think that he was overthrowing or anything along those lines. We know he has high velocity, but you can't imagine that the kid's not a little bit nervous when Kowski looked jittery. And we've seen when Kowski since said he doesn't look jittery whatsoever. Looks like he's been in the big leagues for a decade. So I'm not going to overreact to Bayo throwing the ball. I, I'm not going to say throwing the ball throwing the ball poorly, but he did not have a great outing. I mean, there's no way to dispute that, but you can see why they really like the guy, and you can see why he's such a highly touted prospect. All right, 
790-37, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. My bigger issue right now with the team is it's twofold. It's the offense has not shown up since the start of the Blue Jays series. And the other thing to compound that is this team will not throw strikes. I don't understand what's going on. You go back to that Cubs game over the weekend that they lost, that horrible game on Friday. They walked 10 and struck out 8. Well, if you look at tonight's game, it's a very similar scenario in terms of what they did. The Red Sox in this game tonight, their pitching staff, they had seven strikeouts and nine walks. That's twice in the past week in a game you've had more walks than strikeouts. I mean, that should never happen. And it's happened to this Red Sox team twice in less than a week. And if you look at their bullpen since the start of that Blue Jays series, their walk rate is 12.1%. They're walking north of 12% of the batters they see. And just to put that into context, that's second to last during this stretch. So the bullpen is walking the ballpark and the lineup isn't hitting. And now the JD and the Bogarts thing, it's really becoming concerning. You need power from those guys. And look, I do feel like Story's going to get hot here. He hit a home run the past couple of games in terms of Monday and Tuesday. He was making some loud contact tonight. So I do feel like Story, and I know he's had... Really, from an offensive standpoint, he had two good weeks. Other than that, look, he's hitting his home runs. He's driving in, guys. But you'd like to just see a little bit more consistency. It does feel like if you're looking for a silver lining, something to be optimistic about, is Trevor Story does look better at the plate. The strikeouts are always going to be there. He's got to get used to it. He's a super big launch angle guy. He's in the top 10 in launch angle in Major League Baseball. So when you have a guy like that, there's got to be a lot of hit and miss. You're going to have to live with it. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Adam. He's in Brighton. Adam, what's up, man? Hey, Brian. Uh, thanks for taking my call, bud. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, kind of get what your thoughts were. Uh you know, like we go on this really good stretch against a bunch of these really bad teams, and now we're in a good spot kind of going into the, you know, final stretch leading into the trade deadline. You know, do you think there's any way that, like, say, uh, like you're putting all these expectations on, like, people like Chris Sale, you know, to come up, and, you know, Paxton, who hasn't thrown more than two winnings in the last year, to kind of come up and be the savior, you know, to this pitching staff, like, that's a lot of expectations, and it's like, do you think there's any chance, like, maybe they can play their way into being sellers at the deadline? And then if you are sellers at the deadline, you know, how do you convince Raphael Devers to sign an extension? Hey, look, Adam, there's a lot going trading on there. First, hold on, hold on. Him. There's a lot going on there, okay? So you're jumping from thing to thing here. So, first of all, I don't believe they're putting a lot on Paxton. Maybe Sale, but not Paxton. I don't believe they're putting much on Paxton whatsoever. And if you look at it, I would argue that the starting rotation – until these injuries crept up, has been a strength of this team. If you look at it, they're going to get Sale back in the rotation next week. Winkowski's been really good for this team. is coming back. He's been really good for this team. Nathan Avaldi, of course, is coming back. And Pavetta, outside of the last start, that was his first bad start since the start of May. So I don't think they're putting too much expectations on James Paxton needing to be a factor. If anything, he just helps your overall depth just to get another good pitcher into not just the rotation, but into the bullpen, whatever role you use him in. So I don't believe this team will be sellers, Adam. What do you are you predicting they just completely fall off here during this gauntlet? Is that why you're saying that? No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're gonna and like I guess I was just using Paxton as an example. Like may, like they're not like using him as like the savior or anything like that. It was just like where, like, what do they have to be, you know, to be buyers at the deadline? Or is there any way, like, you know, it's like the Cubs last year had the exact same record, 
come the deadline that the Braves had last year, you know, but the Braves were buyers and the Cubs were sellers. You know, it's like we've not had a lot of experience with Haim and seeing kind of like how he deals, you know, with the deadline. Oh, I mean, if he sells Adam, to... look, hold on. I appreciate the call, man. If he sells, there's going to be an absolute mutiny. And I don't predict that to happen, by the way. Like, I I, I cannot see this team being – but if he does that, he's going to have an absolute mutiny on his hands, okay? Because the team was pissed at him last year, and we cannot ignore this. He At the trading deadline last year, even if you say ultimately he got it right, I continue to harp on this point. They got Schwarber, they got Robles. Now, we all know Robles got DFA'd yesterday. The guy's absolutely atrocious, but he's part of the reason you made the playoffs last year. We can't ignore that. He was good down the stretch. I mean, as bad as he was this year, he was good last year. And Schwarber was good once he got into the lineup. But remember, you were waiting for Schwarber to get healthy. So in the meantime, the team felt like Bloom didn't do enough. What happened? They lost four in a row in seven of eight. Okay, they had to claw just to get into the postseason at the end. So you have to factor in the letdown thing. But Heimblum, there's no way they can sell. They cannot. If anything, they should make a move early to add to this bullpen. Let's get to Ken in California. Hey, Ken. How you doing? Good. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I added it up. Okay, the bullpen threw 100 pitches. They threw 52 strikes. Oh, yeah. Salamore was off. Salamore threw 40% guys. strikes. I mean, it's embarrassing. They walked six guys. I think they gave up four hits. So they put 10 guys on base in five innings. They're a disaster. Uh, Deakman is four more. Goodbye. Especially Deakman. He's a disaster. He, he's the most disappointing one out of the entire group, Ken. You know why? Because this is the one guy that, and not him in particular, but this is more about the guy running the front office. Heim Bloom, this is who mm-hmm. he invested in. Two years, $8 million for Deakman, who was coming off one of his worst seasons, ground ball rate, was one of the worst that it's been in his career. He walks the ballpark, and guess what he does here? He walks the ballpark. He walks 18% of hitters. Only one guy in the entire sport walks more guys than him. And here's the reality. They were banking on Deakman. And this is the guy that the manager has been given in terms of a lefty option under the bullpen. Think about his lefties right now. Think about his lefties. Matt Strom, who his last eight appearances have been absolutely atrocious. Just not the same guy. Good at the beginning of the season. Not good now. Then you think about it. Austin Davis is good. He is good. We saw him tonight. He is good. But it's Deakman and Strama, the other two lefties. There's not enough. All right, Ken. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. That's why I go back to the game last night. Who's Cora supposed to bring in there? Austin Davis is down because he had pitched as the opener on Monday. They bring him back today. My guess would be that he's going to either him or... Crawford's going to start that game on Saturday in terms of it's probably going to be a bulk pen game, depending on what Cora wants to do from a matchup perspective. He's going to start Crawford or if he's going to start Davis. That's probably why he pitches tonight. And now, who are you going to go to Deakman against Rizzo in a big spot tomorrow night? I mean, you can't trust the guy. He w- he refuses to throw strikes. I mean, if anything, give him credit for his consistency. He will not throw strikes. Even tonight, it looks like he's getting out of that inning clean. He will walk a guy. He will not throw strikes. He refuses to throw strikes. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So, I guess entering this Yankees series... How concerned are you about this gauntlet? Now, we saw the first piece of the gauntlet. The Red Sox dropped two of three, have not won a series against the division foe, and that includes two against the Baltimore Orioles. So that's on the table. What are your expectations for Chris Sale as he comes back? He walked five in Worcester tonight. If you want to weigh in on Brian Bayo, you can as well. But I do want to get to the other big concern with this team. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here on EI. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.